0: Hi, well, well, welcome to yet another pod, pod, podcast here at the Peoria Jur- Journal Star. I have got a, a a panel here who has been great, great, gracious to come in and to talk about the recent red record year of of um, mur- murders that we have had, as well as what does it mean and how can we fix it. Um, I, obviously, we're not going to solve all things at one time, but we have got three folks here who, who have invested lots of time in trying to help help others. So the first things first, I'm going to have each, each of them just say who the who the who who they are and what they and what they um, do. Shama, uh,
1: my name is Shama St. Louis, and I am a community organizer.
2: Akbar Bryson, founder of New Millennium Institute.
3: Uh, Andy Diaz, owner of Urban Acres and North Side resident. Okay, so what in
0: twenty nine? So so far this so far this year, the um, city, city, city has seen twenty five murder, murder, murders, which is a record. And It is one that nobody ever wanted to reach, and it's awful. But I don't want to focus on the number or the whatever. I want to know, how did, how did we get here? There's many different reasons, and no one answer is all true. But I'd like to know from each of your, of your viewpoints, how did we get here? What happened to get to this point? To put this into some type of a code of con of, of context, Four um, years back, we had 10 murders. This um, year, we have 25. Last year, we had 20, 22. So, Andy, you are a a lifelong resident here. What do you think got us here?
3: There's a lot of things that have led us to this point. I think part of it is... uh, a lack of relations between the police department and citizens and the ability to feel safe in your neighborhood and know who to go to when it comes to having a problem and having that problem addressed in a timely manner.
0: Okay. I
2: think there's a number of reasons. One is I'd like to piggyback on on what what he just said is that particularly with the uh, Police Department uh, we need a stronger commitment from them to build better and stronger community and police relationships in addition to that uh, poverty is, a, is is an issue uh, education there's a high uh, a low graduation rate among the high schools parents uh, many parents unfortunately have have Lost parenting skills, I work with a lot of young men and parents, and unfortunately i 'm seeing at a younger age kindergartens four five six seven i 'm seeing the uh, disrespect and antisocial behaviors of, of of just of just youngsters and unfortunately, that continues to grow into the seventh, eighth, and then into high school so parenting uh, is, a, is, is an issue uh, uh, in addition to that uh, workforce development we need individuals from the community uh, need to really understand and to take advantage of workforce development now you don't have to live in poverty when there are opportunities and there are opportunities out there to get trained and and, and instead of making a living make a living to make an a just just a wage make a living wage uh, and thing that's the most difficult is the cultural conditioning. Uh, we do what, it, what is that? Cultural conditioning, it has to do with what's being on television. It's very difficult to see a anything on television that is that is whole. Usually what's on television has to do with murder, sex, violence, music, uh, things that we deal with in the high school. We have a whole program that deals just strictly with the Advent of the advent of the gangster rap in particular uh, the mind is very 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 it's fragile but it is very very uh, susceptible to, to conditioning things so we've also been conditioned to almost accept fear and violence are the norm so these are just a few of the things that, that I see I mean there's many many more but these are the things that stand out in my mind. Sh- Shama?
1: I think uh, I agree a lot with, mit- with uh, what Mr. Bryson said. Um, I think we spend too much time uh, not focused on preventative measures. And so therefore, we end up where we are. A lot of the things that Mr. Bryson talked about really have to do with prevention. Like, what things do we have in place now? What things are we putting in place to uh, ensure that these types of things don't happen?
0: Well, you know, it's funny because I mean, it's it's not funny. It's it's interesting when you talk, Shama, about a pre a prevent a prevent a preventative thing. But he was talking about music. I'm 449 years years old, and I could re- remember when in the um, 80, 80s they put labels on 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 a music and people thought oh my goodness you guys are being prude you guys aren't up with the um with the uh, time I I have got a, a son who is four, 14 who listens to music that I think is a bit not the best and but you know at the same time though my um parents Thought that the stuff that I happen to have live, lived to do wasn't the best, and I'll bet their parents felt the same thing. How much of this is just us being old, older folks and looking down and saying, This is, is, is it right, or have things really changed? Mr. Brian Bryson? Well, I mean. Trying to move around. Right. One of the things that, that
2: that we do in our leadership academy uh, at Manuel is, we just ask the students, well, we, What's your favorite song? Me? No, the students. Oh. So we ask a student what their favorite song is, and, and, and they may say it, they may not. And I say, okay, well, can you, can you share some of the lyrics? And there's a hesitation to begin with, but then when the lyrics come out, it's, it's just toxic. Get my lock, go down the block, shoot everybody that I see in a flock. I mean, the lyrics are just toxic. Music is a, is a powerful tool that, that can either be used as a, as, as a therapy to, to, to relieve, but music acts at, at a neurological concept. The mind doesn't know what's real and what isn't. And so you have 20 students, and you ask them to share the type of music that they're listening to. It's, a, it's very toxic. And the next question is, would you share that with your younger brother or younger sister uh, or your young nephew most of the time the answer is no do your parents know that you listen to this type of music uh some do but uh they listen to it also <laughs> it becomes very challenged so uh, that's the thing that 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 i see that that's powerful It's overwhelming is 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 the music and it's sub and it's unconscious
0: it's unconscious shama he was he he is focused on music i was gonna ask about so 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 social media we happen to be on it right mm-hmm. right now and i haven't seen any uh, of the com, com comments but i do see them on my um, stories where they talk about some of the slains and it's awful i mean th- there's no two ways to put it what folks can can say about others is bad how much of this mm-hmm. is just a chain a change in trauma of how we look at folks, and I ask that in the con in the context, have we be have we taken life and not make it worth as much, and therefore it is e- easier to go out and shoot somebody or stab someone or whatever, or no, I might be wrong. what do you, what do you think?
1: Um, ooh, I think there are a lot of different things uh, touched on. To go back, though, I think uh, when we're talking about music and other influences and media, social media, all of those things are contributing factors, right? Mm -hmm. Like they play, they have their (coughs) role that they play in, you know, violence, right? Mm -hmm. But it's... Definitely not the cause. And from my understanding of what Mr. Bryson was saying, um, I'm not sure that he was saying that it is the cause of the violence, Mm -hmm. but it definitely can contribute or help perpetuate stereotypes, you know, uh, some ideals about, you know, how life should be lived and things like that. So um, I just wanted to kind of say that in regards to that. Um, Also, I think, too, that like, yeah, there is a level of, I think there's a point now where you know folks are desensitized uh, to to you know seeing death and uh, having like that basic care for human life. Um, I think that everywhere we look, you know, there is opportunity to see someone uh, doing something violent against another. You know, and the more you see it, the less it hits hits you here, you know, the less valuable a life becomes. But I also think that um, it's not really the cause of the violence that we have. I think-
0: and I think that you are right, because we have had the, slag, the, the slasher movies of the 8, 880s, where they mm-hmm. hacked folks to a pieces, and we didn't see record things. We have had war, war films throughout time, or at least mm-hmm. as long as they've been make, make, making films. And that didn't add to this. There's something, and of course, we aren't going to find it right here because we would then be a um, rich and we could not work. But what I guess I am asking is, and I'm not trying to make light of it, is what's there's something that's changed and I don't know what it is. You live in the, um, north, in, the, in the North Valley, and you were talking to me a few days back about how kids act when they come up, walk back and forth from a school. And you said that there's not as much of civility as there used to be. What does that mean? I think
3: that's engagement of the community. What does that mean, though? That means that you have the parents that are part of the school PTA and those kind of programs. And I'm 41. As a kid growing up, uh, my mom was able to be involved in the school because my dad worked full-time and uh, we could afford to live in in the neighborhood that I grew up in uh, on that income and have a parent engagement uh, so my mom then hung out with other moms and there was that community discipline that as you walk down the street, uh, you know, Miss Booker would sit there and if you were going through her flowers would come out and say, hey, don't do that. And by the time you got home, your mom had a phone call that you were destroying something. Right, we had a community um, that in the schools. Right, I went to Greeley and was walking the three blocks to Greeley, and know, knew someone on every block, and every parent uh, was there to pick up their kid or um, was engaged somehow. Um, even you know, today we have consolidated schools. We have the mega schools. <clears throat> and you're busting in a lot more folks. People are working two and three jobs to survive wherever they're living in Peoria. And, you know, the we are having programs now um, funded by the government to just get parents back into the school because we do know that as parents are engaged, their kids then uh, benefit from that engagement. And we don't have – we've lost some of that community Um, sense, because it's, it is harder to survive on one income. Uh, Like I said, we were blessed that my mom was able to not work until I was in like the fourth grade. Um, But that is a a sense of community that we've lost. Um, and, And to go back to the social media question, it's that we are desensitized and further apart from other humans, it is easy for a keyboard warrior to sit there and, you know, throw throw someone under the bus or speak ill of someone uh, that they would never say. If I was looking at Shama in the face, I would never say some of the things that have been written about people at the South End or Shama or um, of people, because there is... We are losing that breakdown of of a social culture where we can actually have civil discussions, figure out what is the right path to go down, and actually take action. Now we're knee-jerk. We attack each other. And because you don't like one aspect of someone's idea of how we change, whether it be the community, the school district, whatever, you throw them out wholesale because you can't get behind 90% of what they're talking about. Um, or ten percent of what they 're talking about we 're ninety percent we 're in agreement, and it stops us from moving forward as a community uh, and, and implementing real change in the community. Shama, you are a grass a grass a grassroots person
0: who is out there working with folks on a daily basis
1: mm-hmm.
0: how How much of what he is saying is right?
1: yeah, I mean i don 't think that anything he said was wrong. I think everything that he said was, you know, spot on. I think in addition to that, we have had chronic disinvestment in our neighborhoods, and I think we can't, we can't ignore that. We've had whole groups of people, whole size of towns uh, that have been chronically ignored, chronically left out. So this is the result that you get. You get violence when you are not thinking about folks who live in certain areas. Areas and to be specific, when you are not thinking about black and brown people, when they're not at the table, when they are not engaged in the conversation, when you are not asking people in the community what is it that they need in order to be successful? What type of opportunities are we providing for folks? What type of access are we giving to folks? What type of programs are in place to ensure their success? So, yes absolutely right what Andy said as far as like we've lost a sense of community but it's really hard to build a sense of community or to keep a sense of community when you have folks who are living in a different time right like he said folks have to work two or three jobs now you know uh, parents don't have that same type of time to spend with their kids to work on raising kids because They're working two or three jobs because Peoria is not providing livable wage jobs, right, to people who maybe don't have a college degree, still should be paid at a livable wage. That could could definitely curb some of the issue, some of the violence that we're seeing in our city. Also, we don't value education. So properly funding education is not uh, set as the top priority like it should be. Right, well, so uh,
0: you know, you say that we don't value value, value that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, though, schools are trying to do more, more with less. But every single time they go and they ask folks, "Can we have money to do X, Y, and Z, It gets it gets vo- voted down, and of course, because we don't ev- value every education, time, but um, it is. But so, and I'd like to ask you, Mister Bright, Mister Bryson. A, if you could pig piggy pig pig piggy back off of some of what they were saying because you are in the school and you do work with people and um, you are a t- teacher and um,
2: well I'm a workforce development specialist also so I do education, I do community events, I do workforce development. And do poverty, crime, all all those kind of things. But but to piggyback on what he was saying is that and what shamo was saying is that we have lost, you know, back in the day, we had a village. And back in the day you were poor and you didn't know that you were poor. Mm-hmm. But the difference is is that you had a stronger family structure. You usually had two parents. <clears throat> Most of the time now you have you have one parent. The other thing ties in uh is that Whenever there's a homicide, whenever there's a a traumatic life event, any violence, that causes a ripple effect, psychological, emotional, physical ripple effect. And those effects go into undiagnosed post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. that we're seeing. Post-traumatic stress is characterized by uh, risky behavior, violence, uh, can't pay attention, uh, all of those things, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a behavioral health issue that is not being addressed. Back to the training and the education, uh, one of the main things that, 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 that I deal with is, is called uh, self-regulation and, and self handicapping behaviors. Our students, unfortunately, uh, when opportunities do come, and employers can come, and there's training. I deal with. I deal with the trades. I deal with the all those. The issue is, is that our students aren't job or college ready due to the behaviors. Uh, there are students that want to learn. It's very difficult to learn because you have all of these behaviors that are going on: disrespect, not focusing, unprepared, not doing your homework, anything that can cause a distraction they seem to be very skilled at so 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 education it, it 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 is valued but unfortunately what we're dealing with now versus the old days you could deal more with academics
0: you could deal more with more
2: with academics okay academics you could deal more with academics now you have to deal more with behavioral issues and I contribute a lot of that to the undiagnosed post-traumatic stress. We're talking about anxiety, depression, all of those kind of things that 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 really need professional help. It's not it's not it's not being addressed. So therefore, we're having the low graduation rate, the high rate of unemployment, the crime, the violence, the homicides, which goes into a lifestyle of poverty. <laughs>
0: So the question is, what can we do? And I ask that because we've got to try to do some, 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 something. There are some people who say that we have to have hope, that I I have long said personally that if we could, that there's a lack of hope, that there is a group of folks out there who honestly don't think that they're going to live to... um, 2C, to 2C30, see, to see third, third, so why even bother? On the other hand, there, it's hard to get jobs. On the other hand, there's the pressures that folks face, the, so, the, so, the so, social media pressures. I'm 49. I can't imagine trying to grow up now when everything you do and every error that, that you make and everything is in, 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 instantly photo, photo photographed and saved and spread so that everybody can see when you mess up. What do we do about it? And I ask that. There's many different things, and I understand that. So I think I'm going to start with Shama, because I've started with you, and I've started with you, so I'm going to start with you. And then we'll move down. What do you think that we could do? What are some things that we could do to try to make things better?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think to, to kind of speak to uh, what Mr. Bryson was talking about, if our schools were properly funded, like they should be, we would have uh, mental health professionals, social workers, whatever it is that we needed within our school system who could actually deal with those issues so that teachers are not in classrooms trying to also be a therapist and a counselor and a parent while teaching, right? So I think uh, it just goes back to you know me talking about Putting education as a priority, and doing so by making sure that our schools are fully funded. But, the uh, question, a, it,
0: but aren't we trying to to work on some of that now? Carl um, Carl Akinen has his his elite program. Mm-hmm. We have our wrap our wrap around center. Mm-hmm. They now have this thing I just heard about last week. Lights on, lights. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Lights on, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yep. Um, So we are trying to do some of that. Well,
1: I think, okay, so I think in every other aspect, we do. When it comes to community and investing in people, we try. And to me, that's a problem. Okay. Right? So I think we have to move past trying because people are dying at rapid rates, which is why we're here. You know, we had our 25th homicide, right? So... The way in which we respond, and the way in which we implement preventative measures, also has to be with that same level of urgency. So and then, I don't, I don't think that it is.
0: So then, what do we do? I also,
1: I, okay, I think that we need to um, treat violence as the same way that we treat public health issues. Really. really? And so mm-hmm. yes, Why? I think uh, prevention, intervention, reintegration.
0: So what it, so what you were saying is it's almost like a um drug a a a drug problem it's almost like a and um and um ST, an problem a a a teen a teen pre- pregnancy thing yeah, where you're trying to get into the home and deal with it
1: okay yes that's part of it but okay. I, I i think that um if you want to compare it to what you just said it's starting with an individual and it's spreading throughout the community, right? And it's the same thing that is happening with violence. And so when you are trying to prevent these types of things from spreading throughout the community, you start with educating. Why is it important to practice safe behaviors? Why is it important to, you know, and then you start with uh, putting in, putting things in place for resources, right? Making sure that <clears throat> folks have access to what it is that they need in order to, you know, be successful or in order to not spread a disease, right? Like, we should really be thinking about violence as a public health issue. We should think about it as a disease. Um, and then we should also be thinking about the treatment, you know, the, the reintegration um, part of it. So what kind of things are we doing? How are we uh, implementing prevention? How are we intervening? we can't arrest our way out of violence, right? Like we know that that doesn't work, right? So we have to have other things in place. We have to be investing in black neighborhoods. We have to be investing in people. Um, And I think as a community, we can always sit down uh, with folks from various backgrounds and talk about what that investment looks like, what we need to have, but decision makers need to be willing to put up the funds in order for these things to happen, I think as quick as quickly as we make a decision to put up funds for structures, for more buildings, for more this or that, you know, um, for developments, we should be willing to do that for people.
0: All right, Mr. Brian Preston. Yeah,
2: I, I agree with the uh, the violence. Uh, it's a behavioral health issue. It's a violence is infectious. And many communities do approach that as a public health issue. I haven't seen that approach uh, taken here at this point in time. Uh, There are resources things, Strive, OSF, they deal Mm -hmm. uh, just strictly with with trauma. But there's also an accountability and responsibility upon the students also. Uh, These behaviors, that we're seeing, uh, you go see a counselor or someone. There's there's a stigma associated with that in our community. Uh, at this point in time, uh, those individuals who are the we'll call them the ser- service providers uh, haven't really been able to uh, build the trust that's needed for individuals to share what's going on. I mean, there is a there there's there's a method to the madness, and. Uh, you really can't do it through traditional training. You have to incorporate non traditional things that reaching such, this.
0: Such, such, yeah. Getting
2: to know who you are, getting to talk about whatever's going on with you at your level. I'm not going to be politically correct with you because you don't understand political correctness. When I do that, you think I'm soft. I'm going to talk to you based upon where I come from and where you come from in your language. That way, you understand. You know that I understand what you're going through, but at the same time, you also know that I'm holding you accountability for the things that you can change to change. Uh, getting rid of the victimization mindset is is, 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 is crucial. Uh, getting individuals. What I go through with my programs is f- focus upon a, a process called cognitive restructuring. And cognitive restructuring just simply means you teach people to think a different way. You you, you 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 renew the mind. And so many of the individuals that we're talking about and who are involved in these uh, murders and things really don't have a they don't have a, a vision that's productive. So you have to be able to help individuals develop a vision, provide them systematic process with the goals and resources for them to, 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 to reach that. Hold them accountable for their successes and the failures but at the same time you have to change the language that individuals talk negative self-talk i can't what's the use it's not worth it change the environment who individuals hang around which is very very important and the student has to be or the person has to be accountable for that but focusing upon college and career readiness this there's not a shortage of jobs that's a misconception there's a shortage of job-ready applicants. Soft skills are, are really, really <clears throat> important to, to our individual. If I look at you a certain way, you look at me a certain way, instead of us talking, we draw conclusions, and now we're arguing. So now we got issues. And so those things are what form what I call the, the, the self-destructive, the self-regulating, the self-handicapping unconscious behaviors that individuals are not aware of what's going on. So once we can get individuals to, to, to uh, service providers to be able to provide cognitive restructuring, it changes the whole way a person thinks. Once that takes place, you'll see transformation in their attitude, you'll see a transformation in academics, you'll see a transformation in their personal life, and you see a transformation in their, in their job
3: readiness. Well, and and you said something about vision, right? These kids don't have a vision about getting out of the hood, right? They they are put into a school the way our school district has been set up, um, with the closure of, of Woodruff High School, uh, the consolidation of schools. We have continued to concentrate poverty into certain schools. So then as kids, they're not exposed to the middle class kid that lives you know, just a few blocks away or the rich kid from Grandview Drive uh, that plays football with them because we have now concentrated all of our poverty into certain areas. And these kids don't have a vision. They don't see what it is to have that successful job, whether it's you have to wash your hands before you pee type job or a suit and tie job. Right? They don't see that because there's not the, the broad diversity in the schools that these kids then can aspire to. So when he says like they have to have a vision, our schools have to help enable kids have that vision. Uh, but we have seen since the 90s uh, when Shama says we have to fund education and be real about it, it really is like it's not a matter of having a wraparound center and having a wood shop at the community center and things like that. Some of that we've got to be doing in the school so that a kid doesn't think that because I didn't do well in pre-algebra, I can't go be a carpenter, right? Or I can't go be a plumber. And we used to have these shops in the school Mm -hmm. where kids could be identified. And it wasn't that you had a one-size-fits-all college prep class, but that you had an academic track where kids could then go and find that trade. Now, I'm not saying we don't have that in bits and and pieces, right? Woodruff Career and Technical Center has a beauty school, a culinary program, a barber program, an esthetician program. Uh, But these are kids that then have to leave whatever school that they have been assigned to to go to Woodruff uh, for a few hours every day or every day. And so we're bussing them around, we're moving people, and we're losing time where these kids could be educated. But because we have, have cut education and, and what we are trying to um, show kids in terms of a future career path, it's lost. They're, they're spending more time on a bus or in transit than they are learning. And we have to prioritize the, the vision that a kid doesn't have to go to college to be successful. Uh, I remember, this is 15 years ago, I joined Caterpillar. Caterpillar and there was one of the group vice presidents for the East Peoria Tractor Facility, one of the commercials they showed about him is that he started pushing a broom. He was a janitor for Caterpillar that became a VP of Earthmoving. That's huge, right? But you have to be able to show someone that there's a path there, and kids have to be exposed to all of that and, and to be able to get into a workforce and then grow. Because Just because you start pushing a broom doesn't mean that that's where you're going to end up in life. Every kid has to find and define their version of success and we have to empower the the youth of Peoria as well as the 20 and 30-somethings that are committing these crimes that there is a future. There is a possibility.
0: You just meant, 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 mentioned something that I want to ask you about and y'all can jump in too um saying that we're going to put all this in place in in the schools is great but there's a lag and it's going to take time and what do you do about for the kids that are four, 4 14 now what do you do for the kids that are 5, 15 now what do you do for the people that are 20 now because on some level if they truly do have the P- the PTSD that you were talking about and if the poverty that we've talked about in a very brief bit is is um out is really out there they are not eat- eating well they're stress, their homes are not great and it's not just and I don't want people who are watching to think it's just in certain quote poor parts of town this affects everybody there are people who kill and murder who do it in the quote nice parts of town too it affects
3: ev- everybody we're talking about... i was look at the way we approach education right you have a a mom out there fighting to make sure that kids go to PE at least three days a week through senior year of high school in Dunlap because their school board is pushing, or they have school board members pushing to cut that out so we can get more college classes in so you can go to ICC, right? Let's focus on getting the fundamentals. High school public education is not designed to sit you uh, and get you half your college credits when you graduate from high school. It's to give you a fundamental uh, core so that if, as you leave high school, you are ready for the world. Now that world may be college, that world may be uh, an electrician or some other, or pushing a broom. <clears throat> but we have to get to the basics and we have to have a core foundation and leadership from the school board to the city council has to make that as their vision and they have to say it out loud. You can't do these things in the dark without citizen representation or without being open and honest of what you want to see accomplished. Chama, you wanted to climb?
1: Yeah, I think that a government can play a bigger role in uh, reducing violence and crime in our city than it plays, right? I think oftentimes we end up you know, pointing the fingers at each other, pointing the fingers at, you know, every other entity besides the role that government can play, right? So government can make the decisions to fund the things that we need to have funded. Governments can uh, Government can make the decision to uh, invest more meaningfully in black and brown areas of the city. Um, there's a lot that government can do that it's just not doing, right? Like, Folks are not willing to make those bold, aggressive um, decisions in order to get the job done. So I think as residents of the community, it is our job. And maybe it's because I'm an orga- a community organizer and, you know, I, I strongly believe in the grassroots approach to things. But I think it is our job to push for a higher level of accountability from local government in uh, to play a role in curbing the violence that we have in our city, um, and I think things you know, like even having making sure that that our city is equitable on every level is a is a major start. You know, making sure that there's equity in our schools, equity at the city level, equity in our police department. Um, also, making sure that we're avoiding repressive uh, policies. You know, making sure or putting things in place. To incentivize people to do the right thing. I think we have a lot of things that we do to punish people when they do the wrong thing, but what do we have in place to incentivize people to want to do the right thing? Um, I just think we really have to change how we how we view our residents in the city who, are coming from low socioeconomic backgrounds, right? And I also think that we have to work harder to figure out how can we put money in people's pockets so that they can take care of their families, so that they can live a productive life. Because when you are desperate, desperate times, desperate uh, times will call for desperate measures, right? Like you're going to have a harder time resisting the urge to do something negative, when you are struggling to figure out you know what your next meal is going to be, how you're going to pay your next bill, and it becomes harder to get people civically engaged, it becomes harder to get people engaged in anything that's meaningful when their mind is so bogged down with just trying to survive. Right. So we have to figure out as a city. And I think there's other there are lots of other cities who are doing a phenomenal job at this, at investing in communities like the blueprint is there. We just have to have leadership and community members and, you know, other folks who are willing to come to the table and make it happen. If I can
3: add to Shama's point, there are the blueprints there people have to be willing to do it and follow through. Mm -hmm. So three years ago, they had the summits on the south end when we were the worst, number one place for black uh, people in the United States, Mm -hmm. right? They had, I think it was three weeks worth of summits The, and, and we had just moved back to Peoria at that time, and I remember going to some of them and thinking, wow, we are having some discussions, we are engaging the people of the South End, because they were held all at the South End, uh, community centers and things like that. What have we done with any of that? Has there been a report out, any you know, committees formed? Has the city invested in making some of those things a reality? Or do we fall back on the, that we're broke, we can't do that, we we don't have the money, nor the time, nor the resources? You are what you prioritize. Mm -hmm. You can be broke, but if you prioritize paying your rent and your lights, you can be broke with a house and lights. But if you are broke and you prioritize going and getting a new car, going and, you know, uh, building an addition to your home or anything else, you're going to be broke and losing all of that. And that's where Peoria is at right now. We are broke, but we are investing in all of the wrong things.
1: I don't think Peoria is broke.
2: <laughs> I think. To be honest. I think uh, I don't piggyback on it. I think Peoria, back to all those meetings. Uh People just hasn't made the commitment. Mm-hmm. They don't have the will That's it. Mm-hmm. To, to, to really uh, make a change. Mm-hmm. It's easier mm-hmm. when it is peripheral out there. However, it comes back to haunt us because, mm-hmm. because we don't get the business that we need. We don't get the talent that, that, that we need. And it also perpetrates, a, for, for those that are involved, a, a destiny of poverty, mm-hmm. high crime, Low graduation, low high unemployment. That becomes a destiny. Homicide, black genocide, and the city will talk a little bit about it. Hey, this is terrible, Uh, but this is what we need. This this is actually what we need. It's going to cost this. Well, uh, let's see what happens. No Mm -hmm. commitment, no will. That's right. Amen. I initiated the the uh, implicit bias building. Uh, police and community relations specifically for Peoria being one of the worst places in the country. I've trained over 100 people, police as well as community members, but unfortunately, I've had minimum participation with, from the Peoria Police Department, and this was designed specifically for them because all the issue, multi-million dollar lawsuits, shooting shooting African American males, mental health, I mean all the things that going gone on. There has not been a commitment to participate in the training, to get out, and to and, and to build these community relationships. It is much easier to do law enforcement, lock them up, right. shut them down, those type of strategies, which just isn't going to work. It's not going to work for us, as we can see. This is part of the reason why we're now facing record number.
1: Mm-hmm. And and to piggyback off of that, uh, the reason why he got no participation from the police department, right, is because whoever is leading has to be willing to take that first step. Right. Like the police chief has to set the standard for what he expects of his officers could have very easily said, I expect you to attend this training You know, and and this is something that you have to do. It's important for the the well-being of our community. And it's the same thing with every level of government here. Those who are put in a position to lead have to be willing to take that step. They have to be willing to set the bar for what's going to, you know, come after that. And at this point, they're not. And we're seeing that based off of the results.
0: All right. Well, we have been talking for almost a full a full um, hour now, and it has been a fantastic talk. I'm I'm going to stop it for for now. I would like to first thank all to, all three of um, of um, you. I appreciate your time. I I I I know Chris. Chris. Christmas is soon, so I get it. But I thank I thank I thank you all very very much for your time and for and for and for your, your thoughts and for the people who are watching feel I'm free to leave a com- comments feel I'm free to talk back and back and forth. The whole point of this is for people to uh, talk because it's not just one group it affects Every single person who lives within this um, this um, city, city, city. So, with uh, that, I will say thanks, and we're going to sign off. Thank thanks. you.
2: Thanks. Thank you.